Welcome to A Social Disease, a podcast for recapping and relating to Degrassi The Next Class. I'm your host, Jesse Mack. And I'm Carly Jo Gear, also a host. And today we're talking about Season 1, Episode 5, Hashtag, But That's None of My Business. We have my friend, uh, and now Jesse's friend also, because of proximity. <laughs> now, just today. Just today, no. You've been you've known each other. Uh, my best friend Anna Paratori. Hey guys, thanks hey. for having me. Um, so we'll give um, you a little plug that you have a podcast called Professional Friends. Yeah, and uh, that's also available on all the uh, yep. iTunes wherever you get your uh, podcast. All right. Um, and so what we normally ask people is uh, to tell us a little bit about who you were in high school. Oh, no. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Hold on. I wanted to check into my flight. <laughs> so while well, you're telling us a little bit about... Well, Carly's not at all interested. I'm not. I know who you were in high school. I knew you in high school. Uh, but tell us a little bit about who you were in high school. Okay. Uh, I was pretty unflattering. Uh, I was in art club. I was in the Gay Straight Alliance. I was in drama club. Um, I was pretty bad at school. I almost had to be a super senior. I was briefly punk rock for sophomore year and then transitioned (laughs) into sort of muted, um, librarian lesbian. That was kind of my aesthetic. Yeah. You would wear a lot of muted colors. Mm -hmm, Like a lot of camo. Wait, did you say library lesbian? (laughs) Yeah. Like I kind of looked like I, like I was kind of like the beginning of um what is that movie with Lainey Boggs she's all that oh she's, she's all I, that I was she's all that but I never had the transformation until I graduated <laughs> accurate yeah so it was, I, I was like the first half of that movie Carly and I met because uh, of Trauma Club. Yep, we were in Guys and Dolls together. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't tell us that this is how they were separating the Kit Kat dolls, but they definitely... That's Cabaret. Sorry, sorry. The, um, what were they? Hotbox Girls? The Hotbox Girls. Yeah, were they called the Hotbox Girls? I'm pretty... That seems, that seems a little drug-related. No, I, I think they were called the doodle 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 No, that's not... <laughs> that is definitely not what they were called. Thank you. Okay, <laughs> Anna's roommate just opened the door in his boxers to give us the con- the confirmation that they are in fact called the Hotbox Girls. Hotbox Girls. So, anyways, what I ladies realized, is not gay. What I noticed was like the first day of rehearsal. I'm looking around my Hotbox Girls, and I'm like, we're all fat. Well, you're the Mink Girls. I, yeah, we were taking so back your two mink. numbers that the main sort of uh, cabaret performer, like stripper, pretty mm-hmm. much. The one about like chickens and all the girls that were in that group happened to be a little fitter. Yeah. Than the girls that would be in the Take Back Your Mink song. Because we were, ended up, we took off our minks, but we were also wearing a full nightie. So <laughs> there, while well, the other girls were wearing crop tops and cut off shorts. Yeah, it was pretty, we were pretty provocative. But there was the one Mormon girl who was wearing like a Flesh long sleeve shirt underneath. underneath. <laughs> <laughs> so she should have been with us fatties, but, um, Anyway, she was too blonde and skinny for that. She was, <laughs> so that's how we became friends. Yeah, we were in Guys and Dolls together, and then the rest is history. Yeah, and your mom drove me home after rehearsals. Yep. Although I did watch a lot of Degrassi, The Next Generation, growing up, and that was also a big part of our friendship. <laughs> yes. So I, I wanted Anna to talk briefly about. Um, she was somebody who hadn't watched uh, the new class yet, mm-hmm. and. 
partially because I think your your little sister, Julia, was like, I didn't like it. Well, I mean, it's hard to, like, I mean, if you watched all of Degrassi growing up, and then there's, it still goes, after a while, it got a little repetitive. Like, once Spencer and, like, everybody sort of joined the next generation, it was kind of... All the old cast were graduating, or mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, you were missing Jimmy Brooks. Oh, uh, yeah, I was missing Jake Epstein. Right. Yeah, Jake Epstein, truly. Do you want to tell us a little bit about who you are today in, in comparison to high school? Uh, I I lost my virginity. Um, <laughs> that didn't happen in high school. Um, we weren't all spring chickens like me. Yeah, I've learned to dress for my form. Uh, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm, me too. I'm way more flattering. Yeah, Carly's no longer a muffin top, and I'm no longer, like, an old hag. <laughs> I just, like, slicked back my hair all the time. It was, like, weird. And then I wore a lot of chokers. Yep. Oh, and a lot of um, a lot of wife beaters. I loved wife beaters, yeah. Or, and I, yeah, I lived in, like, a sports bra because I was, like, really weird about buying bras for some reason when I was younger. And now I don't wear a bra anyway anymore, so... So yeah, so basically you feel uh, you're much more confident. Um, yeah, I'm looking I'm much better. More confident. I moved to the city. <laughs> yeah, um, you moved told- to New York. Uh, you know, like all small town girls do. Um, so that was helpful because, like in New New Hampshire, the Gay Straight Alliance, we couldn't even call it the Gay Straight Alliance. We weren't allowed. We could only call it the GSA, standing up for sexual minorities. What? Wow, which is pretty fucked up because I'm not standing up for all. Sexual minorities, because that would mean, like, pedophile and, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I didn't think about that. Yeah, like, what are we standing I up had, for? Um, I had someone tell me the other day that feminists were defending um, pedophiles, and I'm like, no, pedophiles are defending pedophiles. Yeah, exactly. Had they never heard the word feminist before? <laughs> it's just one of those, those, like, propaganda campaigns that, like, 4chan has and stuff like that, claiming that... Feminists want things like that. I mean, that this episode that we're about to launch into you does talk about those things. It confirms that not everybody <laughs> knows the definition of the word feminist. Which, can you just look up the definition, Carly, and read it aloud? Oh, yeah, I can look up the definition of the I word mean, feminist. I mean, we know it as But for our listeners, our listeners at home might not. So. I also took women's studies in uh, high school, so feminist from 2004. All right, feminist <laughs> definition. Oh, a person who supports feminism. Okay, wait a minute. <laughs> okay, okay, hold on, hold on. Let's I hate see. when they do that. That's so dumb. You're like, you know what <laughs> I Yeah, like, mean. do Webster. Feminism. The act of being a feminist. <laughs> yeah, right, I know. The advocacy. The act of being a bitch. <laughs> the, the advocacy of women's rights on the basis of the equality of the sexes. Correct. All right. Now that we got that out of the way. Uh, we start off this episode in the hallway with Lola, who is waiting anxiously outside of Tiny's uh, classroom, his grade 11 classroom. Um, and she's holding her keychain for some reason. I'm not really sure why. Um, because <laughs> really like there's any, Yeah, there's nothing on it. There's no keys on it. Um, <laughs> but she's holding it very, like, literally up in the air, kind of near her face. She loves it. She was, I, I guess it was new. Anyways, Maya asks if Lola is Tiny's girlfriend. She insists that they are just talking. Um, very... 20-something uh, of her. Yeah. 
Um, just dating, you know, because just keeping it open. Yeah, because if they had been on the, the Tristan path, they would have been boyfriends, like, right. literally They would have been fingering by just, now. Uh, I want everyone to know I'm not a fan of Tristan. Aw. Yeah, okay, sorry. <laughs> Anna and I are both not Team Tristan, but we don't need to get into that just yet, because it's not a Tristan-heavy episode. Lola compliments Maya's hair, and then Maya notices, you know, they do the girl thing where she, Maya feels like she has to give Lola back a compliment. Hey, Carly, your hair looks great. <laughs> Oh, thank you. I like your- Give me something. I, I gave you a compliment. I know, but the angle in which I'm looking at, I can't see anything. There's nothing she likes. I like your your shirt with the side boob. Thank <laughs> you. It's nice. Because I'm so confident. You no are. Longer in and you school. never wear bras. Um, so she gives her the compliment. I like your keychain. <laughs> and Lola's very excited. She's, oh, it buzzes. Great for stress relief as she's rubbing it all over her neck. <laughs> Then Maya, you know, makes the comment to Tiny, I don't think she's going to be satisfied with just talking. A lot of double entendres. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they all giggle. She's confused. Uh, Frankie and Shay walk up. Lola asks, what's wrong with my keychain? So Frankie is <laughs> the one to reveal that it is, in fact, a vibrator. And Lola is super embarrassed. And Shay says, just tell me that you don't masturbate. But Lola is grossed out because they just started talking. <laughs> and she's like, I can't have that but conversation. But they were so sophisticated before when they were just talking, having she, coffee. She can't have that conversation with him just yet. She doesn't want him to think she does that. Which she said a lot. <laughs> yeah. With a pause before that. She cannot say it. I love that Tiny and Zig bust out of their class and are talking about marine biology again. They're like... Who would win a giant shark versus a giant squid? Oh my god, I totally missed that. <laughs> Tiny loves it. Why is Tiny? And then for some reason they start like homoerotically like <laughs> probably uh, wrestling. They yeah, they have some sexual tension between the two of them. Because everybody's <laughs> bi on the show. Mm, they play for all teams. Mm-hmm. It's inclusive. <laughs> like they could have said gay straight alliance out loud. They definitely could have. Oh, yeah. I wanted to tell a story. So this is an elementary school story. So I'm a totally Alola. I would have done something like this 100% if they used to, if they would have sold keychain vibrators back in the day. I totally would have accidentally got one. So when I was in like the third grade, I was like arguing back and forth, like being snarky. We were like back and forth about something, insulting each other. And I called him a dildo. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I did no, not know what that was at that point. I didn't either. I had heard either like Tim or Beth say it, I swear, because that's where I learned all my weird language was going to you guys. Probably my older brother said it. I learned everything. So I had no idea what it was. And I called him that. And these third graders, at least one of them was like, do you know what that is? And I'm like, no. And they tell me. And I'm just like, oh, my God. It was the most embarrassing thing. I'll never forget that. I actually, yeah, we've had this discussion, I think. I had a similar situation when I was in sixth grade where one boy called my friend a prostitute, but neither (laughs) of them knew what it was. So I took it upon myself to not only explain what a prostitute was, but then to be like, and let me tell you about snowballing, (laughs) only because I saw it in clerks. And I was like, what is that? It's when you give a guy a blowjob and he comes in your mouth and then you spit it back into his mouth <laughs> through kissing. Yeah. And I don't know why. I was like, let me tell you what this is in what sixth is the grade. Age demographic that listens to this podcast first. <laughs> I, we, we definitely have said some things. That might be the farthest we've um, gone. I, I will tell you when I was younger on the playground, someone explained to me what a homosexual was. 
and we were in um, a tire version of a car because <laughs> everything was like tire versions of things on the playground. And she was like, Anna, a homosexual is two men. And I was like, two men? She's like, yeah. Like it, and I, in, in my mind, I just imagined like one, one like face and then the other face on the back of their head. <laughs> and that's what I thought a homosexual was for a while. <laughs> Until I realized that my aunt's, aunt's partner was her partner. <laughs> right. You're like, oh, that's what a homosexual oh, is. Oh, okay. They can be ladies, too. All right. So then we cut to the Hollingsworth Villa. I like that one, Jesse. Um, we've got Frankie, Miles, and Hunter. Hunter is watching, um, I thought he said Northern Tech, but that might not be accurate. He was watching some school play MOBUS um, very loudly. And for some reason, in the same room as Frankie and Miles, who are clearly doing homework. On an uncomfortable-looking couch. Yeah. Again, I don't know why they're all squeezed in there. I know it's for the show, but it's like, Hunter, go to your room and watch. Like, everybody go to your room and do your things that you need to focus on. No, Hunter... Sit down yeah. and watch Hunter. <laughs> like he's yeah, standing he's in the living very room. Ink. Maybe this is just like uh, foreshadowing. foreshadowing. Yeah, to his anxiety and all that and his craziness. Um, so, anyways, he's trying to see if the other school is going to lose because if they lose, that means that his team will go to the playoffs. Um, Miles is working on his short story about riding a bike that's really about his, his relationship his with his father. So, um, <laughs> Wait, does, does anyone have like the, like, I just. I didn't care about the scraped knees. I just wanted those damn training wheels. Yeah. I mean, it's, I got chills. I wrote that in high school. Which I thought it was plagiarized at first, actually. I was like, You're like, it's too good. I heard, no, I was like, I swear I've heard that line before, but then I looked it up and it was totally different what I was thinking of. Okay, good. Thank God he didn't plagiarize. Thank God the Degrassi writers didn't plagiarize. (laughs) So Frankie takes a look at Miles' story and reads that exact line and is like, oh. Wow, Miles. This just based off this one sentence, this is really good. You're a genius. Yeah, holy cow. So once it's discovered that the other team loses, Hunter's like, We're going to the playoffs. And they're all like, Oh, yeah, of course, we'll go, we'll go watch you play video games in the gym because Mm, that's a thing. A nightmare. The mom comes in and is very excited. After Miles says that he is going to go, Hunter says, even if I invite dad, and Miles is like, yeah. You know that I'm writing a poetic thing about my relationship with my father right now. <laughs> but I'll be but there. Yeah, I'll <laughs> the mom says that her boys are doing so well and leaves the room. And then Frankie is like, how did you all of a sudden get to become the favorite? Or how did I become the least favorite? And Miles is like, I guess I've just got it all figured out. A.K.A. I'm on drugs. <laughs> mm. But you don't quite know that yet. No, we don't know that yet. Oh, we don't know that? Sorry. Like, we were told uh, she was giving him happy pills, but we don't know that he's, like, on them. Like, right, at, the in time. that time, we just think, oh, he's doing pretty good. Yeah. Maybe he's just writing out his feelings, mm. working some things out. So then we're in the music room with Maya and Grace, and they're just having a random conversation about a new song that Maya wrote. About Zig's muscles. About Zig's muscles. <laughs> I mean, or lack thereof. We we had some discussions about Zig and his... Sh- I still say that I prefer him sleeveless. I do not. I think he looks like a slubby sort of like Slater, and it, and he doesn't have the muscles to be a Slater. He's not. He just, yeah. 
I think they are going for a Slater look, but he's not quite there yet. Like, he needs to do a little more work. He needs sleeves. They specifically (laughs) reference Slater every time they dress him. Pretty much. Oh, I'm sure. Well, I I just think that the costumer is just very, like, cut-happy with all the costume choices. Because there's a lot of no sleeves on things that should have sleeves. (laughs) Especially in Canada, where it's cold. Yeah, I know. We, We were noting that, too. Like, what is this season? Because even at, like season five or episode five it's like it hasn't gotten cold yet they're right. still like in a who'd have thunk it was tropical in toronto oh. <laughs> um so anyways uh goldie comes in and she asks maya to perform for the feminist club uh because not okay would be a great anthem for their protest because protests usually have anthems <laughs> maya asks how, how did you hear my song were you at my show and grace admits that she shared the song online Maya says, you know, it's not really an anthem. It's just a song about some stuff that I went through. (laughs) (laughs) She's the only girl that's ever gone through that kind of thing. But it's not an anthem. It's not for anybody else but her. No. (laughs) It's just some stuff that she went through. She was figuring it out. Mm Mm-hmm. Goldie asks her to think about it, and Grace is excited for Maya to have a gig. But Maya's concerned that playing a song about feminism... Sends the wrong message. At the feminist club. <laughs> it's like, you, you know what you wrote, right? I don't, okay. Right. She doesn't want to be a feminist because they're angry all the time. Unlike her, who, you know, randomly drops dudes' phones into beers. <laughs> She's always happy and never mad at men for any reason. No. Right. I had similar feelings about feminism when I was younger. Like, when growing up, the only example of feminism were, like, these caricatures right. on, like, TV shows, you know, showing feminists as these, like, man-hating, just terrible people. And I didn't learn, like, what real feminism was until I was like in my early 20s. Mm. So before that, I was like, ugh, feminazis, ugh. Like I had no, I was totally a zig at that time. <laughs> well, I was totally a Maya. No, I, I think I was the same way. You were? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I think I was a Maya as well. Not that you and I didn't have conversations about feminism, but it was interesting because I remember very specifically being at Columbia, like my first year. So we're talking, I was like 22 or 23 actually, and a teacher asked the class to raise their hand if they were a feminist, huh. and I didn't raise my hand. That's crazy. I know, weird, right? Like, I feel like the only positive representation of feminism was like the Spice Girls. Yeah, and I was like, that's fun. I agree. Right. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's really <laughs> upsetting Like that feminism gets such a bad rap considering it's a word that just means we want equal rights. Exactly. Um, Because of waves of feminism and the histories of time, it's always just like, oh, look at the women. They've all come to the streets with signs. Yeah, right. And for some reason, that's really offensive. Stop (laughs) with the signs, goddammit. Yeah, stop burning your bras so we can see your nipples through your shirts. Like, who's (laughs) complaining about that? Yeah, it's 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 upsetting because I think Julia, my younger sister, went through a time where she's like, "No, I don't need feminism." But like slowly, mm-hmm. you realize, no. And also, that's such a privileged way of looking at anything. Totally. Oh, oh yeah. Totally. Like I, as a white woman, I don't need feminism. You're like, well, remember, like it took till the '60s till black women could even vote. Right. right. But I think a lot of white women don't even realize that. Like they're mm-hmm. like, we got the right to vote in 1920. Right. Like, no. Oh yeah. Not all of us. Feminism is not just in America. Feminism is a is has a whole different connotation in other countries. Uh, and, and well, it's not so much that there are other countries where women are still getting uh, like 
manipulated right. because of right. traditions. That's that's what I mean, like the connotation of that, that it's a lot more serious in other countries. Yeah, like women are cut because, mm-hmm. uh, because of tradition. And that is mutilation and basically, I don't know, now yeah, we will go to jail. Saying that women can't, enjo- that sex shouldn't be enjoyable for women. So they mutilate their genitals so that right. they won't enjoy having sex or it's some like weird thing in the religion but it's crazy anyway and it like (laughs) Um, so we need feminism (laughs) so we really do need it i mean it took me needing feminism to come to feminism like i was in a rough relationship at the time and i was like i felt terrible about it and i was like why do i feel terrible about this and through feminism i was able to understand what was going on and then like stand up for myself. So I do think, yeah, I was definitely privileged a lot to be able to say fuck feminism or whatever right. up until the point where you're well, yeah, now I need it's also gaslighting in a, in oh, a yeah. sense. Like they're like, hey girls, don't band together and want equal rights and equal pay. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to pretend it's a dirty word. Right. And like you're not a cool chill right. gal. Men won't like you if you're a feminist. Right. Yeah, it's like, did you vote for Hillary Clinton? Well, I might as well fucking kill you. And you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, so yeah, it's, it's, it, it, it's an interesting point to address because I think the internet has like and you said all those kind of 4chan guys that would be hanging out with Hunter right. on the message boards. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't gotten there yet either. That's why we 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 went too far. But anyways, um, but uh, you know, it, online it's it's treated like it's something bad, and mm-hmm. you have all these like insecure men that are just like. Oh, you know, if they want equal rights, then, you know, like... That means I can fucking punch them in the face. Yeah, like, oh, like, okay. then I should fight them. Then I shouldn't open a door for, like, then common courtesy should be thrown out the window. Right. Right. Because I would open a door for anybody. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, so. <laughs> yeah. So then we are in the lounge area of the school, which there are so many. Um, Lola is undercover from Tiny. She has got on an even brighter wig. Mm-hmm. Than her actual <laughs> hair color because she's trying to Yeah, hide. she's like incognito as an anime character. Yeah, it was like you were... <laughs> she's not blending in at all. Yeah, she's really drawing more attention to herself. <laughs> um, but she's trying to avoid Tiny um, because he d- she doesn't want Tiny to think that she is either A, a desperate loser who has to do that <laughs> because she can't get a boyfriend... Or that she's a depraved loser who has to masturbate in math class. Uh, The horror Madonna complex. Either or. (laughs) Frankie says, just tell him you don't. And Lola says, but he's a grade 11. What if he wants me to be a sex freak? Good point. Mm -hmm. Because you know what they say about grade 11s. I never dated anybody. No, I did. Mm. I did. I I was a sophomore and he was a senior. Remember Adam Martin? Mm. And Uh, did he want you to be a sex freak? Uh, no, no, yeah, like, I mean, you know, we made out, like, you know, uh, on, like, his van, mm. and then in the van, uh-huh. where there was no seats and only oh just my God. a bunch of bagels that he had stolen from Panera. Panera, didn't he? No, 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 oh. people would go dumpster diving. Remember back in the day when yeah. that was a thing? No. Yeah, because well, people would throw away the bagels, the bagels and yeah. then would I would just wait for Lindsay to get off work and bring me pastries from Panera. I wouldn't dumpster dive. I just had friends that worked at Panera. I mean, his car, his van just smelled like onions all the time. But so did did you park down at the ravine and uh, get, <laughs> get some, a social uh, disease? <laughs> get a social disease. Get any uh, bracelets? I cannot say I performed well enough to <laughs> earn a bracelet. Earn a bracelet. I definitely did not. I was a very I was a very uh, 
no, not in my panties kind of girl. Yeah. Until, that's, that's okay. That's until okay. I don't know when. So Lola continue, continues to insist that they've only had one date, so it is still too soon to talk about masturbation. So it's too soon because they've only had one date. So they're like, well, what's the big deal? It's just one date. And then Lola's like, well, all of history's greatest love stories started with a first date. Shay says she's going to try to hit the bathroom before class. Wish me luck, which is foreshadowing to the fact that apparently there are lines upon lines upon lines to use the women's room at the school, even though we've seen multiple conversations happen in the girls' room. Totally empty. And no one's in there. (laughs) Like when the very first episode when Tristan and Zoe are in the bathroom and then Goldie comes in and they're the only two sitting in there. (laughs) And Goldie's really upset. She's like, go to the boys' bathroom. Yeah. Which I'm kind of like, well, I think in a weird way they should be gender neutral bathrooms at this Mm. point in Canada. I was like a little surprised that they weren't just making it a gender neutral bathroom. So That's how I feel. That would have been a little compromise. That would be a good move. Yeah. Although... Would that, like, not, I'm not saying that would lead to, like, any of the whole, like, rape situations, but do you think, like, boys and girls would be, like, trying to do it in the bathroom? If they no, had... well, I mean, I think it would be a... They already do. I, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> I think it's also, if you're, if the bathroom that they're discussing in question is the bathroom that seems to be very private, I imagine mm. it doesn't have a urinal in it. I think it's only private because nobody uses it. Yeah, because like, they're just saying, like, no one uses the tech hall bathroom. So it's like you can pretty much guarantee you can go in there and get privacy because nobody uses it. Mm-hmm. I mean, but. I'm kind of curious if it's just out of the way and yeah. that, like, maybe – I don't know. It's like, how do these boys – they have seven minutes to drop a deuce in between <laughs> classes, and they're quick enough to do that, but the girls are like, I don't have time to pee. I don't know. I mean, don't you think that's true, though? Like, the the lines are much longer – I agree with Goldie. No, no, no. I hear what you're saying. I just, I guess I was the person that like went to class, dropped my stuff, was like, hey, teach, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Right. And then they would already know why I was late. I didn't have time to go to the bathroom. I had two and a half minutes in between classes. Like you had to. Oh, we had five. You had to ask to go during class. Wow. Two and a half minutes is rough. They oh, have it was seven. Terrible. They're really complaining about seven. I'm like, well, I think we had five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, UTI City, man. <laughs> um, after Shay walks away, and Lola is still freaking out about the whole masturbation thing. Frankie admits that she does it in the shower with a shower head. And Lola Classic. is intrigued. I know, Very get, herbal essence. I was like, no, I man, never picked up on for that. A child. Like, what? Oh, the herbal essence commercial that she was like orgasming? That Well, no, that it could have anything to do with the shower head. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Lola's intrigued. But Frankie says that it's more about figuring out what to say to Tiny and not about figuring out how to masturbate. Um, but Lola wants to know how it feels. And Frankie makes this face as if she's like wistfully thinking about her shower head Time. and the good times that they've had. Well, I mean, I don't know how long they've been talking. I don't know. Like, it seems like things are getting serious between her and the I shower mean, the head. I mean, the shower head is, is non-intrusive. It makes sense why it's like most girls' first gateway. Yeah. It was not my first gateway, it was, though. It was probably my, because I actually have never used any toys, even though my friend, Carly Joe Gear, once sold them. The first vibrator I ever got was through one of Mana's Athena parties, and I won it. Oh, and you won <laughs> like, it. I've okay. never bought one. I've never bought one. So this is actually, I feel like this is probably a good time to uh, talk about this, which, so when I asked Anna to um, to be on this it was weird. It was kind of randomly matched up. It's like, this was the episode we were on. I'm visiting her in New York City. And I was like, hey, we want you to be a guest. Let's let's binge watch Degrassi. 
Um, and so we had a whole conversation about masturbation in and her and I's journey on this uh, <laughs> road that we call sex rubbing one out <laughs> was very different. And it's interesting because like my first like I definitely started masturbating at like the age of 16. So I think I was a sophomore. Yeah, I was a sophomore. So the same age as Lola. And it kind of randomly happened where my high school boyfriend and I, we were at Walmart and like we got this like bumblebee back massager. And <laughs> you guys were always talking know, about the bumblebee. It was like their weird creepy sex it was a joke that was like really obvious. <laughs> so anyway. What was his name? Was I don't bumblebee? think I named it. It was called the bee. I think it was called the bee. Because then we had a ladybug too. We had one for each. I never house. heard anything about the bee. Um, yeah, you probably haven't. So anyways, I had this bumblebee back massager and it was actually Tim that was like, what if we like put this down there? And I was like, Oh, okay. Let's try that. <laughs> and then it was like, well, this is a lot better than just your finger. Although it was fine, but you know, <laughs> well, I don't need to get in. I don't need to defend Tim over right now and just how good he was, was in bed. It was no, he was very good in bed. I'm not. Did it blow your mind or the, fing- <laughs> the we fingering? Were, you know what? Because he was a guitar player and a heavy metal one at oh. that. So weirdly, the fingering did blow my mind. Um, <laughs> but that's a true thing, though. <laughs> that's, he was had really fast fingers. That, yeah. But that was the thing is he had really fast fingers, and not all dudes have mm-hmm. fast enough fingers. <laughs> for me to be able but to accomplish it's, it's, that. For speed, it's different speeds yeah, at different times. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, yeah, he had different settings on his on Different his strokes for different folks. His mind-blowing <laughs> fingering. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, it was, like, one of those things where, like, all of a sudden I had this, like, it wasn't supposed to be a vibrator. It was just a, a massage toy. Um, but well, was, this is the interesting thing about, like, women in general, that, like, it, we can't just buy a sex toy. We have mm-hmm. to Jimmy or, like, MacGyver a sex toy out of, like, an appliance or, like, a shower head. A cucumber. Because, right. uh, like, women are so ashamed about it. Right, exactly. And so, so yes, specifically. Or you sit on a dryer. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. You could, there was never any room to sit on our dryer because we had the dirty laundry on top of the dryer. But um. oh, Or an air jet in a hot pool. Oh, yeah, an air jet in a hot, hot tub. pool. Hot pool. <laughs> love oh, a good geez. hot pool um, I'm not classy I didn't get invited to those hot, hot Um. so anyways yeah uh, it was odd I remember having like a very sex positive attitude from a very young age probably younger than I think most women mm-hmm. yeah um, especially with sex toys and then it was interesting because I remember a friend of mine somebody like jokingly gave her a vibrator for her birthday and she was super creeped out by it. And I was like, why not? Like, and she was super stressed out. And I was like, why don't you just use that? Like, you are stressed. You seem like you could use some <laughs> relief. And she was like, no, gross. Ew. Like, so she had a very similar, like, feeling about it to Lola where she was like, that's disgusting. And I was like, what? <laughs> well, I also think, like, the idea of, like, a uh, a foreign object in your body oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 does yeah. feel. Because I, yeah, I wasn't using anything that went inside me. I was, at that point, I was only using stuff that were external. Well, everything for women, I think, is like that. Even when I was younger, trying to figure out my relationship to my self-care. Tampons? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't even use yeah, tampons oh, no, until me either. I yeah. had sex. Yeah, yeah, no, I didn't. I, I still don't like tampons. Which is kind of crazy. Um, but, because, uh, oh, well, you the get a of, cup, right? I do, yeah, I don't really use it anymore, but I do have one. I, I just think it's crazy because even when I was younger and the idea of it was like, well, I could touch myself, but 
not inside the underwear. <laughs> or it's mm. like I can I can maybe wiggle on something, but like it, it like you didn't want to get too intimate with yourself. I'm right? just imagining you like wiggling the, all over the place. on the carpet <laughs> like a like a cat in heat, like rubbing your vagina like oh across the carpet, wearing underwear. Though. Wearing underwear, of course. <laughs> Gross. You know. So I think like the idea is like. Ooh. I was ashamed of it because it like women were treated like we didn't have sex drives at all mm-hmm. and that men had like ridiculous ones that they co- couldn't control which is why they would like cheat and do stuff like that Well, they can't concentrate in yeah, class Yeah so they're allowed to do <laughs> right. because they're men right. yeah And that's why we need feminism because they're naturally higher sex drives. And it's like, no, every individual has a different sex drive. It has nothing to do with gender. It has nothing to do with like anything, but you just have a different one and that's fine. But back then I feel like, yeah, it was treated like women don't have sex drives at all. And like, Uh we need to be tricked into having sex and doing all that stuff. So the idea of like admitting you masturbated is Mm -hmm. like, we're not supposed to want that. And then how is a guy going to trick us into bed if we've already discovered we can just do it ourselves? (laughs) Right? Because sometimes it's like, uh, man. probably we're better at it. (laughs) I mean, truthfully, oh gosh, that's a whole other conversation that we can have about the whole orgasm gap and how, you know, I think a lot of women don't expect to orgasm just because they're having sex. Mm -hmm. And like, it's... We should be equal in bed too. Yeah. And it's led me to have, you know, so many uncomfortable situations because I feel like uh, a lot of women do fake orgasms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And part of it is because, you know what? If you know it's not going to happen, it is easier to just be like, oh, I came. So that way you can just fucking stop. Because right. it's like after a certain point, you're like, okay, I'm over it. I'm not going to I'm not gonna come. I am somebody who, fortunately, I would say, has been secure enough to not feel like I have to and that I shouldn't have to fake it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've encountered dudes that I've dated that, you know, when I'm not orgasming fast enough in their, you know, grand scheme oh. of things of what they, what how fast they think it should happen. Mm-hmm. And they think there's something wrong with me. And I'm like, no, yep. no. And I've I'm, had that on a, on a first date. And I was like, all right, dude, I'm already fucking you, okay? So right. like, let's not even push the envelope even more that you're getting more than you deserve right now. <laughs> um, from J-Swipe. No, but I remember he was like, well... I don't know. It's, it's easier with other girls. And I was like, I'll tell it's you not. what, something right now. Like, I can tell you they were lying. Yep. It's not easier with other girls. Because what you're doing right now is not going to make a bunch of women, like, moan. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a, but it's a sad truth. And it's like, I feel like, I, I hope as women we can come together. <laughs> I do too. Um, and just, you know. Stop stop faking it. We don't need to fake it. Mm-hmm. Tell the men. Like, y'all just suck in <laughs> it's, bed. It's a hard... Just t- like, as long as you're talking, just like teeny and... Lola, <laughs> tiny? Kind of. <laughs> I think it's a tough conversation to have, though. Like, it a is. lot of men have a really fragile ego. Mm, they <laughs> they do. It. And like, the- they take it personally. And I hit... Yeah, because I don't want to say, well, just you should talk about it because, yeah, there's... Mm-hmm. It's definitely also you don't – women don't want to put themselves in a dangerous situation right. or a toxic situation because it depends on how the dude is going to react. So it can be a very scary conversation because not all dudes are going to – I mean, they're all going to react weird probably, but they're not all going to react in a way that's not violent or aggressive. Also just like uh, – Trying to protect their feelings. Like, right. it's like, no, this isn't like the end of the world. You can fix this pretty easily. But yeah, just listen but to this, us. like, shut down, like, no, I, I just suck. 
Well, I think it opens something for lots of couples as well. Like, Mm -hmm. if you're talking about, like, what you masturbate to, it's like, oh, cool, then we can watch a film Mm -hmm. um, that deals with such (laughs) themes. Yeah. Um, Or, like, oh, yeah, weird, you have a thing for dumpy lesbians in high school? I was once one of them. (laughs) So it's like a conversation that could lead to better sex. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because you're just being honest. You just need to be with someone who can handle that conversation, and there's just a lot of people who can't. Seem to. We're hoping Tiny can. So next we're in a creative writing class uh, with Miles, Esme, the teacher, and Winston. And Esme, which Anna pointed this out, I didn't realize it. Uh, it's a very quick scene. Esme very sneakily hands Miles drugs. Oh. Um, which I didn't even notice. Like it was a really quick exchange. Um, the creative writing teacher comes in and is super excited about Miles' short story. And he submitted it for a Toronto newspaper. And it's been chosen. And he's going to be interviewed by randomly one of the teacher's friends. He goes yeah, like, to what? college Why? together. Miles smugly says that, in the, oh, they, they want to see where a literary genius lives. And the teacher's like, no, they just want to know more about you and about the story. Duh. Like, why? Okay. Why being weird? Miles, you know, admits that the... The story is about his dad, and then he starts to get a little weird. The teacher asks if he should submit somebody else, but Miles says he's got this. Winston wants to know how he's got this. Uh, and Miles is like, well, how come every time I'm happy, everyone thinks, everyone sounds the alarm? And Winston says, because it's a warning sign. And then he notices the drugs sticking out of Miles' <laughs> pencil case. Casually just laid out on the table, basically. Right. It was such a quick drug exchange, and then he's just got his pencil case open, and it's, right. like, sticking out. And it's like, all right, you really... Yeah, like, Esme went to all that trouble to be a great pusher. They don't know how to hide anything on this show. No, they really don't. They don't. Not so, even their <laughs> drug problems. Nope. So Esme reveals that the drug is called lorazepam, and Winston's concerned because he says it's addictive. And Miles is like, no, they're not, right? And Esme gives a bullshit answer about how you eat every day, so what's the big deal? I find it very confusing why Esme really likes giving him her prescription. Uh, I think she likes him being dependent on her, mm-hmm. is what I'm picking up. Like, I, I think it seems like she has kind of good intentions, but she's also like, like trying to yeah make him dependent on her, which is like where the good intentions stop. Right, she wants to be needed. Does want to help him with anxiety, but she also wants him to like do it in her way. Mm-hmm. So Winston seems to know a lot about this. Right. And he says that, you know, you're only supposed to take them for a few weeks at a time. All these things that uh, Miles is like, what? No. And Esme's like, shut the fuck up. They're fine. And then he comes in with a real wallop of popping these pills like candy is as messed up as she is, referring <laughs> to Esme. So even though Winston was all about their closet makeout and their sexy, <laughs> sexy felony, now he's not on board with Esme. So I want to tell you my favorite thing about Winston when I was watching, because I just watched, binged uh, most of the episodes with Carly a couple of days ago. And I thought for the longest time that Winston was a figment of Miles' imagination. <laughs> because there was, a, there was a lot of time where he just didn't interact with anyone else but Miles. And he was like always checking in with him. Like there was nothing about Winston. Like right. Miles was never like, what about you, man? It's like always like he's like, hey, man, how we doing? What a reveal it would have been if it turned out that like Winston had died in a horrific car oh crash God. and that like oh Miles was still talking to him as oh, like. That'd be my dream. <laughs> Degrassi would never do that. It's like that show Teen Angel. Do you remember that show? I love Teen Angel. It well, was now so we know good. why. 
<laughs> now we know why you thought that. I Winston. always want a Teen Angel sort of vibe That's in it. all my television routines. <laughs> Apparently. So I take lorazepam. Whoa, what's going on? Are you okay? As needed. I'm a, I'm a drug addict. <laughs> Did you write a short story about learning to ride a bike? So I have anxiety, but it's not like constantly. And for the most part, I like push through it. But I use lorazepam when I'm having like a real bad attack. And that's basically how you should use it. It's like an as needed. Oh, okay. I really, like when he was writhing around on the floor, that's when he could have used a lorazepam. When he's like <laughs> in class just hanging out and he's popping them like candy, that's the addicted, like that's ah. making yourself addicted. Like he's doing the worst possible thing you could do with that substance because he's just not even thinking about it. He's not even anxious and he's taking it. So of course he's going to get like dependent on it. But the average person, yeah, takes it here and there because it is addictive. Oh. Um, but I have like, I have like a one milligram wow. thing that I take. So when they say later, that's a 20 milligram, like holy shit. Yeah. And I take that and it's like, I'm having a terrible panic attack. Like, I can't will myself out of this. I'll take one. But generally, it's better to try to try to use, like, techniques, anxiety-reducing techniques over the medicine. But what I thought was interesting was when she, like, likened it to food and coffee. Like, you take that every day. And I'm like, yeah, that's, like, a normal antidepressant thing like right that's that you should compare to food or coffee because some people need that every day but I, anxiety meds not this that's one. not how it works at least with this type of med what well, i didn't know that good to clear that up thank you dr jesse <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, sally jesse Raphael. i just happen to be on that med you're like all right they're not talking about my other ones but the ones i do take every day and we just happen to be obsessed with masturbating so this is a <laughs> Perfect episode yeah, for great us. Great trade off. <laughs> that's how. That's my anxiety medication. Word. <laughs> <laughs> Just need a little buzz, buzz to get me through the day. <laughs> it's very, very relaxing. Um. All right. So then we're at the dot, and Maya comes in super excited because she's got another gig, Zig. But Zig is concerned because it's for the feminist club. Tiny insists it's pronounced feminazi, and Maya says it's about equality. But Zig says if the girls take a bathroom, they would have four, and the girls would have six. And that doesn't seem fair, or equal. The girls say that no one uses the tech hall bathroom, and the boys reveal that they use it to deliver a package by <laughs> airmail, a.k.a. Mm. poop in a secluded bathroom. Now, this is a great time to talk about equality versus equity, because Maya all of a sudden is like, oh... Well, that doesn't seem fair if we don't have the same equal amount of bathrooms, but that's because equality and equity are two different things. So on our social media accounts, we posted, or Jesse posted, um, the a little comic that kind of explains... Like, the image itself, there, it was interesting. There was, like, reality, and it shows a guy pushed up, a tall guy being pushed up even higher, mm -hmm. and a short person, like, being dug down into a ditch. Yeah. <laughs> Story of my life. And then... Uh, <laughs> And then it goes, you know, equality. Everybody gets the same height stool, but the short person still can't see. Equity is that you give everybody a stool equal to what they need to see over. Liberation, on the other hand, is tearing down the barriers that exist in the first place so that you don't need a stool to see because you're already... You're given the advantage. So in this situation... The girls have a greater need for more bathrooms. Mm -hmm. Equality would be keeping bathrooms five and five. 
Equity would be giving the girls six bathrooms and the boys four, whereas Liberation would be having gender-neutral bathrooms. Yeah, because as as I think um, Grace said it earlier in the episode that I didn't mention, but she says they don't have the tools to use a urinal. Yeah, we don't have the same equipment as you. Mm -hmm. Like, we wish we did, but we don't. Right, Mm -hmm. we wish we could be quicker, but unfortunately we have to use the stalls versus just quickly unzipping your fly. Mm-hmm. And we wash our hands. And we wash our I hands. I think that's part of it. I think a lot of dudes don't wash their hands. Which is gross. I mean, I don't always wash my hands when I'm at my house, though. <laughs> I mean, it's different when you're at your house yeah, versus I mean, in a public restroom. But but I think it's crazy when you're with a person in a public restroom and then that person doesn't wash their hands. Right? They yeah. just I'm don't like, give a why fuck. why do you put the show on in front of me? I know I'm a stranger, but... Right. <laughs> mm. But yeah, so Tiny and Zig are like junior MRAs over here. Oh, yeah. They're thrown at every single, like, anti-feminist cliche. Feminazi, they want things at the expense of men. They think the world would be better without men. Put on some mega hats. Yeah, (laughs) it's rough. (laughs) Um, But girls in high school are so susceptible to that because they want boys to like them. And them saying that, they're like, yeah, huh? I'm not like those annoying girls. Right. We're... Not like other girls. It's like the pressure, the pressure to be not like other girls. Right, right. Um, all right, so then we're at Lola's house uh, in her bathroom, and we see Lola having a look at the shower head. She's looking at herself. She's like, eh, you know what? I think it's time to give this a, a little whirl. Uh-huh. Can I just say what I wrote in my notes? Yes. Lola is about to take a dip in the self-pleasure pool. <laughs> yes. That's exactly it. It's like being in a hot pool for me. Yeah. <laughs> One of them old-time ooh, hot pools. Ooh. Oh, Just God. a ditch with warm I water mean, in it. I mean, I got to say, good for Lola because their shower, their water pressure looked looked great. Oh, like, yeah. I was like, dang, they got some water pressure. Not not all shower heads have that. So she looked like she, looked like she was going to have a good time. But That's something I missed from our last apartment dearly. I know. Does your shower head come off? No. Yeah. Anyways, all right, so then we're at the Hollingsworth McMansion, and uh, Miles is being interviewed by the, the, about his story, by that guy the teacher knows, um, and he's acting all weird, you know, he's not acting like his charming self. Um, he's clearly, well, it seems as though he's going through something, whether that's withdrawals or what, we're not quite sure yet, um, but he is especially upset when the interviewer asks about his dad. So then we quickly cut to Miles' bedroom, and he is on the floor, writhing, having a full-out panic attack. Uh, he calls Esme and says, I need you. And she's like, oh, those <laughs> three little, three little words. words every girl wants to hear. I had to count, and I was like, was it three, four, <laughs> oh, three? Okay. Those three little words every girl wants to hear. Um, she tells him to take a pill, and he says he flushed them. And so she lets him know that he's going through a garden-variety panic attack, and she's going to talk him through it. Which is like... Her actually being helpful for once, you know? Right. I mean, yeah, she's helpful in her own messed up way. <laughs> I like Esme. I'm team Esme. I mean, I love Esme. She's Esme oh. and Miles are my favorite characters. Yeah. I knew that you'd love them. As a character, she's, like, super entertaining and interesting, but she's definitely, like, there's something off about her. Oh, yeah. Like, she's unsettling, to say the least. But uh, in terms of quality TV, I'm on board. I really wonder what her backstory is. Like, so much of her story is focused on her relationship to Miles, but we don't even know anything about her really yet. Besides the fact that she has anxiety meds. And she's psycho. And like an affinity for like cute pastels. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember specifically when or what, but just, I know we do get more of her background later. Okay, good. 
All right, so then we're in the gyno office, and I have a whole new new favorite character <laughs> because it is this doctor who says tickety boo. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? that's pretty I much Carly. That. <laughs> you met, she literally the first line is she's like looking at her chart and she goes tickety boo because <laughs> she's got a full bill of, of she's health. yes she says Lola is the picture of health and I guess when you're that you get a tickety boo <laughs> and so um, tickety boo is my new uh, my new catchphrase but Lola insists that she's broken and the doctor says I literally just did a full checkup on you that's when Lola reveals her agosha is broken. Luckily, this doctor speaks Spanish. She says, your <laughs> vagina? Well, and she didn't indicate with her Yeah, with oh, her I, ass. I just assumed she spoke Spanish. I assumed she was, she was bilingual, at least. Um, she did, yeah. She referenced her vagina and said a gosha, um, which I'm probably butchering. I'm sorry for our um, Spanish speakers at home listening. Our many, many, many. I know. <laughs> uh, Lola tells her that she found out that one of her friends was having some alone time and that she tried it and that nothing happened. So clearly her vagina's broken. The doctor reveals that, unfortunately, not everybody orgasms every time, which for me was like, oh, glass shattering, so sad. (laughs) But that there's nothing, that that she definitely is not normal because there is no normal. Um, She hands her a pamphlet titled Good Strokes. Good Strokes. (laughs) So that Lola can learn to be a little more intimate with herself. Oh, God, good strokes. I have nothing to add to that. <laughs> I mean, she. What, and what's funny about that pamphlet is that, like, she reads it. It's like she's read it cover to cover. She <laughs> must have it memorized at some point because she's just been really intensely reading good strokes for days. Do you think, like, a pamphlet could really teach you that much? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't – besides just be like it's totally normal to masturbate. Yeah, like right. everyone's different. Every body's different. Everyone's G-spot and clitoris are in different places. Like, you know, a little bit. Not yeah. a whole lot. They're in the same general area. But yeah, and again, di- really it should be called – what is it? What was different it? Different strokes. Good strokes. It should be called different strokes. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I think that was already a show, so maybe they couldn't copyright that. <laughs> So yeah, she's got a pamphlet. She's on her way. She's the bill of health. Tickety boo. Tickety boo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so next we're in the classroom for the feminist club, and Maya walks in, uh, or I should say, before Maya even walks in, this is when Goldie gives the great <laughs> pointing to the sign and is like, "Inequality has got to go." And we're like, "Yeah, Goldie, you're hilarious." <laughs> so Maya tells Goldie that she can't do the show because she's not a feminist. Because she's not anti-men. Goldie gives her the feminist test. She asks her if she supports equal pay. She asks her if women and men have equal right to education. And they all do, right? (laughs) Of course. Of course. Maya says, of course. Well, I got news for you, kid. You're a feminist. (laughs) Look out, because don't you think that women take longer to use the bathroom? Because simply there's longer lines and they can't get to class. They're going to take their pants off to do it? Yeah, and therefore they're missing important lessons and they're getting detentions because of it. So women and men are not getting the same quality education at Degrassi High. Congrats, Maya. You're a feminist. This is quite the discovery for Maya. Uh Uh-huh. Well, I'm glad that she came around to it so quickly, though. Yeah, it didn't take much. Just a few simple questions. I do think, yeah, it's interesting when people do that when they want to be like, do you believe in equality? Okay, then you're a feminist. But, like, the truth about feminism is there's so many different people with so many different ideas that just being like, 
oh, you believe in this? You're a feminist is kind of like weird to me. And it doesn't. Oh, I don't know. I think I think it's propaganda. All that bullshit about like, <laughs> the, like oh, it comes with this and that, and like, and no, just you, you. Do you want equal rights? Like, yeah, mm. cool. Do you want to view us as equal people? I I think that yeah, feminism just gets like I said the bad rap, mm. and all this shit has been put on it. I guess what I mean is there's like very different. There are different factions of feminism, like different people with different ideas. Like there's intersectional feminism, which is like what I try to do the best I can as a white woman. Yeah, right. Um, but then you know, but then there's people like who are still in feminism 101 who are just like barely scratching the surface because it's just like, yeah, I believe in equality. So I'm a feminist. It's better than nothing. True. Yeah. It's better than denying even, like, that it just means that those core values, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I, I guess is more my thing. It just means, like, such different things for different people, which is interesting to me about even the concept in general mm-hmm. of feminism. Um, all right. So then we're in the girls' locker room, and Miles and Esme are desperately looking through backpacks to try and find uh, anxiety medication because for some reason Esme says that there's find a more anxious group than grade 10 girls in gym class. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Specifically grade 10. Yeah, I don't know why. Um, I didn't so like she, to shower in front of girls. Did you? So, But you took anxiety medication because of it? Well, no, but I think that's the idea, um, right? That they're okay. insecure. See, I didn't shower after gym I class. I didn't shower after gym class. I, I don't shower really ever, so that's part of it. I never worked out hard enough in gym class to need to anyway. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was always on my period. <laughs> every, every day. So she starts naming types of bags that might look like an ancient, anxious person owned them. And she even says, find that girl Shay's bag. Yeah. <laughs> because we all know that Shay is a big ball of anxiety for sure. Oh, poor Shay. I know, but I don't think Shay's on anxiety meds. But anyways, Miles finds a backpack um, that has some anxiety meds in it. But Esme warns him that it's a higher dosage than he's used to, but it'll do in a pinch. Because I think she reveals that it's... 20 milligrams. Yeah. I don't know what... They don't say what it even is. Right. They don't eat... Yeah, that's true. They don't say if it's lorazepam. They don't They don't say what specific drug it is. Mm-hmm. But it's a higher dosage. Right. So let's just take it. Whatever. Yeah. Whatevs. No big. Because... Oh, because yeah, I should have said that. He does say that he was freaking out about just talking about his dad. Right. And he's going to have to see his dad in literally an hour. So... Right. At the big video game tournament. Uh-huh. Um, so then we're in Mandarin class, and the teacher is testing kids specifically on the phrase they are singing. Um, and she notices that Lola is a little too interested in her Mandarin book. So she takes the book, and she forces Lola to read the pamphlet that she's been reading to the class. Which always, always ends well on Degrassi. Like, how yeah, haven't oh, these exactly. teachers learned not to do this anymore? <laughs> Or it's a pre-read. Kids are doing embarrassing things behind their book. Don't do it. So Lola reads, masturbation is the stimulation or mutilation of the genitals. And well, everyone- That's kind of like a beautiful line. Mutilation? I think that's what they said. No, it was or manipulation. 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 <laughs> Damn it, like, I thought that sounded wrong. That's a bad pamphlet. The stimulation <laughs> or manipulation of the genitals. So everyone giggles and the teacher says that it's nothing to be ashamed of and then mouths sorry to Lola. It's like, yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks, bitch. Thanks for that. <laughs> now everyone knows I'm over here trying to learn how to masturbate. 
So next we're in the hallway, and it is the feminist club protest. Zig has to poop. <laughs> he starts to try to enter the bathroom, that heck, that heck hall bathroom, and Goldie tells him that the bathroom is closed until further notice. He looks at Maya for support, but oh no, you too? Maya turns around like, and reveals- me too. <laughs> yeah, like hashtag me too. Turns around to reveal that she is wearing a shirt that says feminist. Let's him know there are four other bathrooms you can poop in, Zig. And the girls deal with this problem every day. Right. And now it's time for you to deal with it. Cue, not okay. <laughs> yeah, not okay. Yep. <laughs> hey, this is not okay. Hey, 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 I said no way. It gets stuck in my head all the time. So yeah, like any protest, you have everyone with their signs and then a girl on a keyboard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I've been to a couple of protests where people sang, but normally it was like some old lady with a guitar. Yeah. This is a younger hipper crowd. <laughs> or there's like a chant. Oh, there's usually a chant. Once there was like a, oh, that too. But like, I've been to a couple like demonstrations where people talk and then someone comes out with their guitar and it's like, I wrote this song about getting, getting cat called. <laughs> um, one time... Someone just took out a ukulele and started playing someone else's music, and I was like, "Okay, this this makes sense." <laughs> it's not an anthem, Jesse. It's just some song about some stuff that person went through that one time. <laughs> I mean, the songs were totally unrelated, <laughs> right? Um, all right, so then we're in the gym for the gaming playoffs. The nerd squad is going to town. Uh, I can't believe they had such a big turnout. <laughs> they, I'm really That's shocked. That's a big turnout for I'm Degrassi. I'm very shocked. <laughs> there was like 20 people. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, uh, the Hollingsworth clan is right in the front row. Um, <laughs> Miles is clearly on something because he puts his arm around his oh, dad. Oh, I love him in this scene. He's so funny. I know. So yeah, so they're talking about how uh, Hunter is totally killing it. Is he killing it? I'm not sure. He just killed a fuzzy guy. <laughs> but Miles says, of course he's killing it. He's a Hollingsworth. Right, dad? We're winners. <laughs> Damn straight. That's We're right. winners. <laughs> Damn straight. We're winners. So Miles is clearly fucked up because then he also walks right up to Hunter clapping while saying, let's go Hunter. Yeah, and when Miles is clapping, he's like a zombie. He's just mm-hmm. like, let's go, Hunter. Right? <laughs> let's go, Hunter. Let's go, Hunter. Uh, he's so out of it. Oh, man. Such a good actor. Yeah, I mean, I'm enjoying it, for sure. Gets really close to him. And uh, the figment of his imagination steps in once again. Winston pulls him back. His conscience, Winston. He has a seat and he says he's loving this family time, which is a huge, huge red flag to his mom because she knows that he does not enjoy family time. (laughs) So Mrs. Hollingworth grabs Winston and says, you know, I've known you since you were in diapers. You better tell me what's going on with my son. And since we all know Winston's a big old narc, he reveals (laughs) that uh, Miles is on drugs, specifically pills. So then back to the Hollingsworth bungalow where we're in Miles' bedroom and Mother Hollingsworth is tearing through his bedroom looking for these pills. Uh, she reveals that she's disappointed because he was doing so well. He was His story was published and he's done trying to live up to her standards and he's just trying to be the son that she wanted him to be. And then he tells her that she missed the drawer because he knows that she's not going to find those she's pills. She's thorough. And she's like more concerned about the fact that he's on drugs than like the question, why are you on drugs? Right. Because I thought it odd that, like, Winston didn't say what kind of drugs they were. Right. Or, like, 
because the root of the problem is that he needs therapy. He needs he needs something to start sorting his life. And he needs his dad to kick rocks. Right. Like, exactly. Here. So this is like all partially, if not wholly, the mom's fault for just forcing the dad into his life. And no one ever really told her what drugs it was. Because for all she knows, it's painkillers or something. Mm-hmm. Like, she doesn't know what kind of drugs it is. Right. So let me cut to Lola's house. Uh, Lola and Frankie are in Lola's room. And she reveals that she's been off social for five hours. Is everyone talking about me? <laughs> Frankie reveals that it's it's not that bad, but kind of they're not not talking about you. Lola wants to have a deeper discussion about masturbation. And Frankie's like, well, it's kind of private. And she's like, well, it's not fair because boys talk about this stuff all the time. And they even have emojis for it. Fist, eggplant, raindrops. <laughs> and I don't know, when she first went, when she first said fist, I was like, excuse mm. the fuck me? <laughs> what? And then I was like, oh, right. Because like, it's like the holding of the penis. Oh, I, yeah. That's what she meant uh, by it. But I was like, what's what? raindrop? The or the um, semen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was I was so at first I was gross. like, excuse me, what is she talking about fisting? I don't anyways, I don't know if boys <laughs> masturbated in that way. That seems like it'd be really difficult. They just punch themselves. That's what white boys do. They is when they come, they punch a wall. They're like, <laughs> like I think that's how they feel the ultimate orgasm. <laughs> then Tiny starts calling as soon as Frankie's like, I don't know, I'm embarrassed to talk about this. Uh Tiny calls and she answers it right off the bat and says that if he wants to stop talking to her, that's fine, but it means that he's the worst. But he doesn't want to stop talking. He wants to eat lunch with her tomorrow, and he'll get her those chocolate chunk cookies that she likes, and she likes Aww. cookies. Mm, such a good boyfriend. Or not, they're talking. <laughs> they're not a boyfriend or girlfriend. They're talking. Um, but then he alludes to wanting to know if she does masturbate, which she says is none of his business, mister. After they get off the phone but and say goodnight. But it was flirty. It was fun and flirty. Um, she turns off the light to call it a night. But then, turns buzz, the light buzz. back on. No, she doesn't buzz, buzz. We don't know why she didn't buzz, buzz, because she had that toy. But yeah. instead, she's going to right? uh, read a pamphlet on masturbation while masturbating. <laughs> I don't imagine that's very sexy material in there, mm. but she's like, I'm figuring it out in this step-by-step step, step step guide. So I loved when she was like, you laughed at me. And to- uh, Tiny's like, everyone laughed. It was funny. Yeah. <laughs> And I was like, it reminded me of my boyfriend. I'm like, he would totally say that to me. <laughs> you were laughing at me. No, nah, we were. Everyone laughed. Like, we were what? laughing with you. Okay. All right. So then we we're in um, the creative writing class again. And for some reason, the teacher is saying that it's required reading for everyone to read that article about Miles, which I think is kind of weird. Yeah. But he's a literary genius. Yeah, they're really making a big deal about this. Yeah, they're laying it on thick. Yeah. Um, So at the end of class, Winston tells Mile that he actually sounded smart in the article, which is kind of rude. They're like, what the fuck? Actually. And then he says that his parents will be proud of him, is what he basically was trying to say. Uh, He also apologizes for being a narc, but Miles doesn't care and reveals that it's no big deal because he's been hiding the pills in his pen. Again, I don't know, like, why did you just show the dude that told on you? Right. That was stupid. And something along the lines of, like, you can't be a disappointment if you're always disappointing or something. I Yeah, you can't disappoint them if you're already disappointing. Yeah. So. Something. Something like that. Um, I mean, he, he probably said it way more poetic. He did, and I was like. <laughs> oh, he said, I did write it down. He goes, if you're always a disappointment, it's impossible to disappoint. There you go. Because I was like, I don't, I've rewound this like three times and I still didn't catch it correctly. And he's done trying to be everyone's favorite son. He then makes a bold move and takes a pill, both him and Esme, just take some right in front of him, like a big old fuck <laughs> right. you to Winston. 
And for no reason. They're just hanging out in class. Like, he has exactly. no anxiety at that moment. I'm also, we have to briefly talk about Winston's shirt because in my opinion, in this scene, he looks like he's going to a gay club in the 80s in his purple leopard print shirt. Like, I'm like, <laughs> I don't know where this shirt came from. It's very loud for school. I mean, I love it, but I'm just like, what's up with that? Anyways. I didn't really notice it. You didn't? No, not really. Oh no. my God. It's it's purple and leopard print. I keep forgetting to pay attention to the fashion. I wasn't taking, yeah, I, because I was t- I was trying to take the notes really quickly, I wasn't paying as much attention to the fashion this episode, but I was like, this, <laughs> this shirt in particular is just so, it's so over the top. But so I feel like um, Miles has kind of like said that kind of, if you're always a disappointment, it's impossible to disappoint. Like, I feel like he's said that many times throughout the show. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's gone back and forth a lot. Like I'm gonna try to impress my parents. Oh, I I don't want to even try anymore. Yeah, he's a, he's a very complex character, Miles. Mm-hmm. He's like the bad boy. That's not really that bad. <laughs> no, he just has he just needs some therapy. Although, if we're gonna meds. talk about fashion, why is Miles always wearing crazy belts? <laughs> I haven't noticed. He loves them. He always wears crazy belts. And then I remember his scene, the last scene he was in. That black and white shirt with the red pants. That was also pretty crazy. <laughs> I didn't even think about that one. So I, I like that maybe we just both have outfits that really stick out yeah. to us in particular. So we're back in the hallway and Goldie tells Maya that the feminist club uh, was successful. They got their 200 signatures that they needed and that they got <clears> the support <throat> from the parents council. So they got Yay. the bathroom. Goldie asked Maya if she wants to do the honors of putting the girl sign on the boy's bathroom door unless it'll upset her boyfriend. Maya says he's cool. But then Maya actually does something that is really cool and intersectional, in my opinion, because she's like, no, it was your idea, so you put the sign on. Because mm-hmm. it like, yeah, Goldie, you did all the work. Right. Yeah, fuck you. You just sang your song, Maya. They yeah. sing everywhere at every fucking school <laughs> f- function Exactly. Ever. You won't stop singing, Goldie Maya. deserves the honor. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Goldie deserves it. She did all the work. She's the one that put the sign on there. Um, so I was really proud of Maya for not being a typical white woman and being like, yeah, you're right. (laughs) I'll take all the credit for this. I'll cut the ribbon. (laughs) So then Maya says that, you know, what's next? I want to join the club. You've you've convinced me. Um, And they revealed that it's the video game club. Dun, dun, dun. They are playing a game where they are killing half-naked women and it's got to be stopped. And Maya (laughs) is down. Dun, dun, dun. And we're like, this is going to create some conflict in the next episode. With the lame gamer club. (laughs) So they're definitely going to be like riffing off the whole Anita Sarkeesian uh, incident. Did you guys know about her? No. What? What's that? This is like, I don't know, back when I was like in college for the second time. So that's like five or six years ago. Um, She had a thing called Tropes versus Women in Video Games. Before that, she would just like cover things like movies and just pop culture in general. And she'd like point, just point to all the tropes that are like sexist mm-hmm. or, you know, bigoted in some way or like have problematic messages and stuff. But she wasn't like, we shouldn't have any of these things like at all. She was just like, hey, think about the media you consume. And here's like my perspective on it as a feminist. But when she tackled the video games, tons of like gamers and like assholes came out of the woodwork and just harassed her like crazy and made like um, a video game where you killed her and stuff like that. Wow. Like it was a strong, mm. it, it was like the beginning or like kind of the precursor to Gamergate. Did you hear about that? No. Oh man. <laughs> um, Maybe we'll talk more about this in the next episode. <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, I mean, that was like her story is just like she just was like, hey, here's some like messages you might be getting from this. You might want to analyze them a little more. Right. And people are like, how dare her? She's she's a feminazi who wants to take away all our video games or make all our video games suck. And it's like, no, that wasn't it at all. So I think that we're like, that seems like the next episode is gonna mm-hmm. gonna be like a take on Gamergate and what happened with her. Cool tie-in, Degrassi. Yeah. <laughs> right. At least that's probably like where the inspiration came from. So yeah, so the overall themes of this episode were obviously, you know, feminism and how to better understand it, I think, from a perspective of maybe not thinking you are one. And also female masturbation for me. That's what <laughs> I took away from it. Liberation and feminism. Woo! I wrote down uh, the theme of self-discovery, which oh. is probably really vague. <laughs> like, oh, the reason really it fits is probably because it's really vague. Touching yourself in a new way. Um, I said that Miles kind of discovers his knack for writing. Oh. Lola discovers the art of pleasuring herself. And Maya discovers that she believes in feminism after all. See, that's a better all-encompassing thing, Jesse. Mm. But it's it's vague, though. I feel like it's like a horoscope. <laughs> <laughs> but it works. But yeah, I don't know. I like this episode. I, I'm definitely enjoying the fact that they're tackling things like feminism in a way of, that's not like how feminism really is. Right. And definitely, I don't think that they tackled masturbation for women yet. I don't think. I Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Did unless they, they did it in a later season. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I remember like they had a storyline about Spinner's boner, but I don't think that they've talked much about masturbation at all. That was a huge episode, though. Yeah. Oh, it was such a good episode. (laughs) Well, thanks for listening, guys. And thanks, Anna, for coming on. Thanks for having me, guys. It's been real. (laughs) It went there. It did. And uh, make sure you tune in next week when we will talk about Season one, episode six, hashtag not all men. And if you have any stories that relate to next week's episode or just go there in general, write to us at a social disease podcast at gmail.com with the subject line, it goes there. You can also follow us across social media at a social disease. Thanks for listening. Bye. And once again, we're your hosts, Jesse Mack and Carly Joe Gear. And this has been a social disease podcast. Thanks for listening.